of 2 Kings, if you would turn with me this evening to 2 Kings chapter 13. Now, I spoke yesterday down at the men's breakfast from 2 Kings chapter 13 from verses 20 uh, and 21, but tonight I'm going to go up above there to verse 14 and share some things from this particular biblical account and story. And uh, praise God talk to you a little bit about um, pressing through to victory, pressing through to victory. Are you there in 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse number 14? And I'm reading from the New King James. Verse number 14 says this, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. And then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. And then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Remember, Elisha is the man of God. I talked about it yesterday. 26 times, by the way, um, that I counted in the book of 2 Kings through the life of Elisha, 26 times he's referred to as the man of God. He's called the man of God. And so he he put his hands on the bow, Joash did, and Elisha, the man of God, put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window, and he opened it, and Elisha said, shoot. And he shot, and he said, Elisha said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Notice that. Strike the Syrians till you have destroyed them. Now, that's total victory, right? That's absolute total victory. Then, verse 18, he said, Elisha says to Joash, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to uh, the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Verse 19, And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. And I want to talk to you, as I said, about pressing through to victory. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word tonight. And I ask for your anointing again this evening, Lord, to, uh, to, to be an oracle of God, that you would use my lips and my mouth tonight. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. Give me tonight the words to say to your church to encourage, to strengthen, and to build up the body of Christ. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. You know, I believe with all of my heart that there are many of God's people today that are taking less than God's best in their life. 
There's so many, it seems, who do not have any victory at all in their life. I run across Christians a lot that seemingly are, are not victorious at all and walking and living in defeat. And then there are those who are discovering a partial or a limited victory in their life. And there's a lot in that category as well that just experience that limited victory or that partial victory. And the reason for that is because many times we have not learned to press through to a total and complete victory that's available to us through God and through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have settled many times for less than God's best in our life. And I want you to understand something tonight, saints, that the extent of our victory, the extent of your victory tonight is in our own hands. The extent of your victory is in your hands. And some people may not like to hear this, but yet it's the truth. You are as victorious as you want to be. The, 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 the price has been paid by Jesus on the cross and the victory is available to each and every one of us, but we are only as victorious as we want to be if we are content to live a life of, of total defeat. And I'm not saying that, that those individuals are backslidden. There are many good Christians that live for Jesus, that love the Lord, but still are not enjoying a victorious, overcoming life. They're still held in slavery by some kind of besetting sin or something that the enemy has, 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 has gripped to them, a stronghold in their life. And I'll talk about that here in a minute. But, but we have the as much victory as we believe for and we are as victorious as we want to be and i believe that 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 particular idea and that truth is is made known here in this story that i've read to you here tonight because the victory that we see here that we've read about of king joash was a victory that was a half-hearted victory he could have had total victory. Joash the king could have had complete total victory over the Syrians, but he settled for a partial victory. And Elisha rebuked him for that, but Elisha in this account gives him a recipe for a complete victory. He's wanting him to win, him and Israel to win the victory over the Syrians and defeat them totally and completely. But Joash is satisfied to only defeat them three times when Elisha had told him you can have complete total victory over them. And so Elisha gives Joash the recipe. And I want you to notice, first of all, in this narrative tonight, that we see the weapons of his warfare and the weapons of our warfare. Because when Joash comes to Elisha, Elisha is sick with a sickness that is going to take his life, and yet he still has power. We talked about yesterday at the men's um, breakfast. I talked about the dead man that they put in the grave of Elisha and was resurrected. I said, you know, uh, Elisha had more power in his death.
dead bones than I, a lot of preachers that I know, live preachers that I know today. But um, uh, he comes, Joash comes to Elisha, and he, he's, he's crying, and he's, uh, he's, he's crying out to him for some help. And Elisha says to Joash there in verse number 15, when he, he comes and he weeps over him, Joash does, and he, he says, My father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to, them, to him, Take a bow and some arrows. And he took, he took himself a bow and some arrows, and he said to the king, Elisha said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow, and he put his hand upon it. So notice Elisha is directing him to a weapon and putting a weapon in his hand, telling him to take the bows and arrow. And so spiritually speaking, there are weapons tonight that God has provided to you and to the church to win the battle or the warfare over the spiritual enemies that you and I face. We've not been left defenseless without a weapon to overcome the enemy. Can you say amen? The Bible tells us of the weapons that we have been given. And he says here, take the bow and arrow. And I, I want to say that to you as believers here tonight. Because in these days we're living their dark days. And we're facing, uh, we're facing enemies today. Spiritual enemies. Paul told Timothy to war a good warfare. And I want to reiterate that to you as believers tonight. That there is an enemy of your soul. There are spiritual forces that we are doing battle against. We are wrestling against. But God, thank God, hallelujah, has not left us defenseless. But he has given to us weapons of our warfare. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and you're very familiar with these verses. But Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly or carnal. But he said those weapons are mighty through God. To the what? To the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds tonight that have been erected in the lives of so many people. What is a stronghold? It's a fortress. A stronghold is basically a fortress. But I like to look at it this way, and it gives us an idea. A stronghold in your life is something that of the enemy that has a stronghold in your life. And you can't, within your power or ability, shake loose or break free free from it. And there are all kinds of spiritual strongholds tonight that are holding God's people, many of God's people in captivity and bondage. But oh, I'm here to tell you tonight that, that there's weapons tonight that God has provided for you. There is a victory that Jesus has provided on the cross that every single one of us tonight can be free. And those weapons are, are not fleshly weapons. They're not guns that we go out and buy. They're not natural swords and spears and shields but they're spiritual weapons that are mighty through God to pull down and to bring down every stronghold that the enemy would try to erect in your life I'm talking about having complete and total victory in our lives tonight can I get an amen 
doesn't matter what addiction it may be or habit that it may be and there are so many Christians that, 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 that love the Lord and still are battling with addictions and habits that they want to get free of and many of them have, have thrown them aside those habits and said I'm quitting and made New Year's resolutions and said I'm not going to let that thing have control of me anymore simply to go back to it again and again and again but oh I want to tell you if you won't quit God won't quit if you won't give up God won't give up if you'll keep believing and standing on the word of God there is complete and total victory tonight for every addiction and every bondage and every habit and every besetting sin and every stronghold in your life there's weapons that will pull those things down and will bring victory to you come on amen You don't have to be bound by any bondage. Thank God some of those weapons, just a few of them, of course. Of course, Paul gives the whole list of the weapons of our warfare in Ephesians chapter 6. And he gives the full armor of God. And by faith, we need to to appropriate and put on that full armor of God. But he's given us the, the word of God. He's given us the blood of the Lamb. He's provided us the... The, 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 the powerful weapon of prayer tonight, amen, and the weapon that I preached about this morning, the weapon of praise. Our prayers, our praise, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. I'm telling you those right there are some mighty, the name of Jesus, some mighty weapons that we've been given tonight, bows and arrows that God has placed in our hands and told us, go out and defeat those serious that have come against you and be a conqueror and more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Woo, hallelujah, amen. This is, uh, this is just a little Bible study, remember. Amen. So there are weapons of our warfare, the arrows and the bow. He said, take them into your hands. But notice there was a weakness A weakness of the flesh. Because he took the bows and arrows. King Joash took the bows and arrows. And I love this part right here. Elisha, verse number number 16. After he had took the bows and arrows, Elisha said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, Joash did, and notice this in verse 16. And Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Mm. Boy, there's a message right there, saints. Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. What this shows us, it shows the power that was needed To win this battle with these weapons was not the king's own power, but the power to overcome the enemy was going to have to come from the Lord. He puts, Elisha puts his hands, Joash's hands on the bow, and Elisha puts his hands over over the king's hands. That's representing God putting his super 
on our natural. Come on, amen. That's the supernatural power of God that we need in our life to overcome and to be victorious. See, let me tell you something tonight, saints. Because of the weakness of our flesh, we have our frail hands and we must have our frail hands overlaid by the omnipotent almighty hand of God. Our hand is on the weapon and God's hand is over our hand. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in your own might. Not in your own strength. For it's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit saith the Lord. And the victory that comes in our life we take these weapons they are what? Mighty through God. Not within our own self or strength but they're mighty through God to defeat every enemy. There has to be a faith. There has to be a dependence. There has to be a whole complete leaning upon God and trusting him for his mighty omnipotent power to be laid upon our lives to defeat the enemies that come against us. Can I get an amen here tonight? Hallelujah. Let me tell you something tonight. We cannot overcome in our own strength and we've got to realize that in my strength I cannot aim the arrow I cannot pull the bow but oh ladies and gentlemen when God's omnipotence is joined to my weakness I'm here to tell you there's victory there's victory there's victory and God has not left you and God has not left me to fight this battle or to fight the enemy on our own but he has come and made his residence on the inside of us. And thank God greater is he that is in you. Hallelujah than he that is in the world. There's total victory when God puts his hands on our hands. Gives us his power and strength. Listen, the battle is not yours. And we've got to learn this. This, this simple fact right here. That the battle is the Lord's. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. When David faced Goliath, that was the thing. Here was a little, here was a little shepherd boy, just a teenage boy, that's facing a ten-foot giant that uh, is is covered with armor from head to toe. Amen. Covered with all kinds of armor. He's placed. He's put fear. Goliath has into the hearts of the of the mighty warriors in Saul's army. And here's a little man. I love it. Here's a little shepherd boy that comes in out from feeding the sheep and caring for the sheep. He's carrying some cheese and some food, you know, to the army. And here for so many days, Goliath has been coming out and putting, putting intimidation and fear into the hearts of these soldiers. And David sees him and said, who is this guy? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would dare to defy the armies of the living God? And he said, I'll go out and fight him. Amen. And I'll tell you what, when David went out there, he goes out, he had some weapons, didn't he? What was David's weapons that he had? He had a slingshot, praise God.
God. Oh, I love the Word of God because it shows us how mismatched everything is, you know. I mean, the enemy looks so big and so intimidating and so mighty and so powerful. And here's God's man down here that looks so weak and so frail and is. There's an It's an impossibility. There's no way this little shepherd boy can knock down that big giant. There's no way. Oh, but there is a way. I said, oh, but there is a way. Hallelujah. When God put his hands on David's hands and he pulled that rock out of that shepherd's bag and put it in that slingshot, God turned that stone into a guided missile. And the only place that there was an opening at Goliath's armor was right here. And that stone sunk into his forehead. And that little David took out that mighty giant, that big mountain with a sling and a stone because God put his hands on David's hands and God's got his hands on you and on your hands to win the victory tonight. Here I go acting like I'm 30 again. Praise God. (laughs) Amen. I love that. God wants to give you supernatural strength beyond your own ability. Huh? That's why Paul said, you know, when I'm weak, then I'm strong because the Lord had told him. My strength, God, the strength of Christ is made perfect in your weakness. So when you're weak, that's what Paul said, when I'm weak in the flesh, then I'm strong because I have the strength of the Spirit, the strength of God. It's God putting His hands on my hands to fight that battle and to win that victory and to be that overcomer tonight. Amen? I want Abundant Life Family Church and you saints here. I want every one of you to be victorious and overcomers. There's too many people dropping out of the race. There's too many people giving up. There's too many people that have settled for partial victory and now are completely out of church. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, that's why I say come to the house of God. I'm going to do my best to, to, to feed you, to encourage you, to strengthen you. And by the help and grace of God and the power of God, we are going to bring the giant down and we will win the victory totally and completely through Jesus Christ. Amen? The battle is the Lord's and it's your availability to God and God's ability placed upon your life. God, if he's for us, who can be against us? Joash is fearful. How do you know? Well, he comes to Elisha weeping and crying and whimpering. He's fearful of the enemy. But notice what what Elisha says to him. This is my third point here is the We've saw the weapons of of our warfare, the weakness of the flesh, but look here at the window of Joash's fear. In verse number 17, he says, 
open the east window. And this is what Elisha says to the king. He's got the bow and the arrows, the hands of Elisha upon his hands. And he says, open the east window. And so he opened it, and Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. What is the significance of this when Elisha says to him, open the window eastward? Well, it just so happens that that was the direction where the enemy was, where that Syrian army and enemy was. And so he says, open the window toward the enemy. And see, here's the thing that he's telling him is, Joash, you got to open the window and face your foe. You've got to come, you've got to, to, to face your foe and face your fear and expose the place of your fear and your failure. And here was what this king was doing. He was hiding from his enemy. And, and, and he was telling him, listen, Joash, you've got to stop hiding. Stop whining and whimpering and face that problem that is out there. See, listen to me, saints. There are, there are areas of failure in people's lives today that they just don't want to deal with. And that was where Joash was. He didn't want to deal with that enemy out there. He he wanted something to happen, but he didn't want to deal with them himself. See, listen, when you continue to fail and you close yourself in and you refuse to face the problem and face the enemy and and, and fail to overcome it, the devil will intimidate you and he will keep you in that place of hiding. Amen. He'll keep you in that place of of, uh, seclusion and isolation because of intimidation. But I'm here to tell you, I believe the word of the Lord to us tonight is this. Open the window. Open the window and face that fear and look into the light of God's word and let the sun of righteousness arise in your life with healing in his wings. You tonight have got to face I've got to face the problems in our life, the enemies in our life. We cannot ignore them, but they have to be faced by the Word of God and with faith. Come on, somebody. I know we've talked a lot about fear recently in recent weeks, but I want to make another mention of it here again tonight. Those fears that we have, we can't cover them up. We can't hide from them. You've got to stand up and face that fear and defeat that fear and overcome that fear. There's victory over that through the blood of the Lamb tonight. Amen? There's an acronym. Most of you have heard it. There's an acronym for fear. F-E-A-R. Somebody said it is false evidence appearing real. That is a good definition of fear. That's what it is. It's false evidence appearing real. People are held in bondage tonight through fear of something that isn't going to happen anyway. They just think that it might. And they're fearful. And they're, they're in that bondage. Fear. Listen to me. The Bible says that fear has torment. It's a tormenting spirit of the enemy. And it's, it's false evidence that appears real. It's kind of like, I don't have my coat on this morning. But you've seen on TV shows where a, 
a robber will just put his hand in his pocket, stick them up. Huh? Ever seen that? And, uh, you know, he's acting like he's got a gun, and all that's in there is his finger. He can't shoot nobody with his finger. He can't hurt nobody with his finger. But he can rob people because of thinking that that finger is a gun. Amen. And fear gets a hold of them. It's false evidence that appears to be real. And that guy can rob somebody just with his finger. And them thinking he's got a gun. You know the devil does the same thing. It's false evidence that Satan uses to rob you of your joy. To rob you of your peace. To rob you of your victory. Amen. And fear has to be faced. That's what Elisha was telling the king to do. Open up. Up that window toward the east and face that Syrian army, face that enemy and take this arrow and shoot it toward the enemy. What, did, what was that all about? It was a warfare of faith. See it was shooting that, that arrow, it was victory's arrow that was shot out of an open window toward the enemy and it was a symbolic act. It was a declaration of and what Elisha was telling the man of God was telling the king to do he said here shoot that arrow it was a declaration of war and it was an affirmation of victory it was like throwing down the gauntlet you know it was like throwing a spear over on the enemy's turf and saying okay let's get it on it's time to face one another it's time that we meet on head to head and I'm telling you saints it's time that the church get on the offensive and come against the enemy and say you have done all you're going to do in my home in my life, in my family I'm shooting the arrow of God's deliverance into the enemy's camp and I'm going to march in and take back everything that he stole from me. Can you give the Lord a hand clap praise Amen he was saying, all right, this is the arrow throwing down the gauntlet, loose by faith, the arrow of God's deliverance. And that's what Elisha said that it was. He was declaring victory over the enemy. And that's what you and I have to do as well tonight. Amen. Declare war on the problem in your life. Shoot the arrow of God's deliverance and victory. Declare war over that sin, that's, that failure, that attack of the enemy. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And we've looked at that scripture and we've preached that scripture that when that, that we've talked about the gates of hell and we thought of it as the gates of hell coming against the church. But the gates of hell are, are, are the place of Satan's dominion and authority. And what Jesus was saying is that the church is to be attacking the gates of hell. Are you listening to me? 
The church is to be the one on the offensive. You know, we don't want, we're not here just to sing. Remember the old song? In the old Pentecostal churches, the old song, Hold the Fort, for I am coming. And everybody would get out their white handkerchief. Hold the fort, for I am coming. And everybody's waving that white handkerchief all over the church. Do you know what that stands for? Huh? That's a sign of surrender. Amen. When you're waving that white flag, you're giving in. You're giving up. It never said anywhere that the church was just supposed to wave the white flag and just hold the fort and just hang on, you know, and, and just barely make it through, that the gates of hell would just bombard us and we're just going to be locked in there. No. Jesus is saying this. The church is to be the one that's on the offensive. You've been given weapons of warfare. You're to shoot the arrow of God's deliverance. We're to be on the offensive and take the battle to the devil. Hallelujah. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. I tell you what, when you get up and your feet hit the floor in the morning, the devil ought to be saying, oh, no, they're up again. Hallelujah. That, how, that should be how much power and authority that you carry as a child of God to walk in that victory and take the battle to the enemy and overcome the forces of darkness. Amen. So he's saying, shoot that arrow. Declare that war. Open that window and, 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 and face your enemy and declare war against him and take back what the devil has stolen. Now here, here's the deal. Bringing this to a close. This story sounds good up to now, but it has kind of a sad ending. Because if you'll notice, verse 18 and 19, let me read 17 again. Elisha said, open the east window, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot the arrow. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. Notice this, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. The, uh, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance was a deliverance totally, completely, absolutely from the Syrians, not a partial victory, but to defeat them until you have destroyed them. Now, I'm here to tell you tonight that what Jesus did for you at Calvary has paid the price for every sin, every failure, every, every, every stronghold, as I've said before, of the enemy to be totally destroyed from your life. We are to have and we are promised in the word of God. And it's not an instantaneous, uh, instantaneous thing. It's a progressive work in our life. But I'm going to tell you what. Sin. Listen. I'm not talking about being sinlessly perfect. But I'm telling you that sin and the sin nature is not to have any dominion or control your life as it one time did. Jesus has paid the price for each and every one of us as children of God to 
to be free from the power and the dominion and the control of sin. And that's what he's saying here. Tell you have totally destroyed them. Jesus defeated Satan and the powers of darkness and every sin on the cross. And you have got to appropriate that victory in your life on a day by day basis. Come on. Amen. And it's available to you tonight. So it was to be a total victory. But notice this. You will strike the Syrians. You must strike the Syrians until you have destroyed them. Then Elisha said to King Joash, Take the arrows. And he took them and he said to the king of Israel, Elisha says to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck the ground three times and stopped. He gives him the arrows and he says, now, strike the ground. And he takes the arrows and he goes. And Elisha, the man of God, got angry. How many of y'all... Do do y'all know sometimes preachers get angry? Not supposed to, are we? Well, I better move on. Amen. He struck the ground three times and stopped. You know what that was? Half-heartedness. And the man of God was angry with him and said... You know, you know, half-heartedness angers the Lord. Again, I better move on. I'm, I'm, that's not going over well. You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. That was the will of God. That was the plan of God. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Instead of total victory, Joash settled for partial victory because of half-heartedness. Is anybody listening to me tonight? He, was ha- he only did the minimum. And Elisha was angry with him. He should have struck five or six times and had total di- victory, but... He wouldn't do it. He should have have struck the ground. He should have took those arrows, 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 <laughs> with fervency and just, I mean, that's what you would do to an enemy that you wanted to defeat and destroy, right? Until Elisha said, okay, dude, that's enough. You got him, man. That's total victory. But no, he just like, Dilly-dallying around there. Three little smacks, and that's it. And it made the prophet of God mad. See, the problem is his heart was not in it. Are you getting me tonight? Are you hearing me tonight? His heart was not in it. It was a test that was given to Joash, a test of his enthusiasm and sincerity And his true desire for total victory. And he failed the test because he didn't really 
mean business with God. And I want you to remember what I said at the beginning of this message. You are the one. Listen to me. You are the one that limits the extent of your victory. If Joash had hit the ground and continued to hit the ground, he would have continued to be victorious. But he quit too soon. He gave up too soon. He didn't really want total victory. And, and Elijah said, you hit three times. That's only three victories. That's all you're getting. And if you read verse 25, they defeated Syria three times and that was it. It wasn't complete and total the way God had intended it to be. And I'm trying to tell this group of people tonight, and you are the ones that got, I believe you're the ones that have. The Sunday night crowd's the ones that have the enthusiasm and the desire. But don't lose that, ladies and gentlemen. Keep that desire, listen, for a total, complete victory in your life. Whatever the enemy has come against you with in your life tonight, don't give up. Have a, have a, 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 a perseverance, a tenacity, a, a faith that will hold on and say I will not give up yeah maybe I failed and had to repent again maybe that besetting sin I thought I had victory over it and it slipped in again maybe I maybe I thought that I had victory over that temper and I lost my temper again what am I going to do am I just going to say well I guess there's just not victory there no we've got to be wholehearted in this thing and go back to God again and smite the ground again and again and again and try Trust God and say, I'm shooting the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. I will be victorious because Jesus Christ paid the price for me to have that victory on Calvary. And I will have it by the help of God, by the grace of God. Put your hands on my hands, Jesus, and give me that victory that you purchased at the cross. Well, go ahead and give him another praise tonight. Amen. Woo! You control. You're the one that limits our, the extent of your victory by your faith, by your tenacity, by keeping your faith in Jesus or else giving up. Amen. Worship team, make your way back. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you one little illustration that, that I believe illustrates this point, and it deals with Elisha again. But remember that... Remember that, that widow in the fourth chapter of 2 Kings, the widow that her husband was, was a prophet, and he had died leaving some debts. Remember that? And the creditor was coming to take her sons, and that's what they did in those days. If you had debts and couldn't pay them and you had sons that could work, they came and got your boys and made slaves out of them. And they worked to pay off the debt you owed. And they were coming to get her sons. She goes to the man of God, to Elisha, and she says, what am I going to do? They're coming to get my boys. And, you know, it wasn't her fault. Her husband, some people think that it was Obadiah was her husband. And, you know, he, he had uh, hidden the hundred prophets by fifties in caves and fed them with bread and water during the famine. And possibly he got in debt doing that. Nobody really knows. But the point is this. She came to Elisha for help. And he said, what do you have in the house? And she said, well, all I have, I don't have anything in the house except a little pot of oil.
And Elisha said to her, said, well, go and borrow from your neighbors vessels. And notice what he said, and borrow not a few he was telling her to get as many vessels. Oh, hallelujah. I love this. He said, get as many vessels as you can possibly get. And she goes out and sends her boys out, and they go out to all the neighbors everywhere. And they get jars, and they get pots, and they get pans, and they get crocks, and they get skillets, and they get, you know, everything that they can get, every kind of vessel that they can get, and bring them into her house until the whole house is filled with empty vessels. She doesn't know what Elisha's having her to do she don't know why she's doing this but she's just being obedient to the man of God fills her house with those vessels and then Elisha says take that little pot of oil and just begin to pour into each vessel she took one little pot of oil man you talk about a God of the impossible that can do anything that can create that can do anything for anybody that will believe him and she began to pour that oil into the vessels and she poured and she poured and she poured and the oil still running out of that one little pot and every vessel that she brought in and put in her house it was full and when the last vessel she said bring me another and boy she's getting she, she struck oil amen hallelujah and she said bring me another vessel and they said there are no more that's the last one and the oil stopped flowing at that point but she's got a house full of vessels of oil Elisha tells her said go sell the oil now here's how God does it. Go sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Oh, God not only paid her debts, but he gave her a built-in retirement account as well. But here's the point of the thing right here, ladies and gentlemen. What if that widow would have been half-hearted and only went out and got two or three vessels? After the man of God said, get not a few, but get me. What if she would have just said, ah, you know, just get three or four and that'll be fine. Listen, we control the limit of our victory in our life. Amen. Her faith was get as many as we can get. Fill the house with them. And that was the problem with Joash. He was half-hearted in his desire to conquer the enemy. Are you here tonight? And you can say, Pastor Rick, I have got a desire to be an overcomer, to be a victor, to be a conqueror, more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Believe Him for great things in your life. Don't strike the ground three times. Don't be half-hearted. Don't be lackadaisical in your walk with the Lord. But seek God diligently. We were talking about that word the other day, that word diligence. How important diligence is. And living for the Lord. Amen. To be diligent. God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And that was what Joash did. He showed a lack of diligence in the battle and did not have complete victory. It's available for you tonight. Would you stand with me this evening? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. They're going to sing something tonight.